Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. To the word of God this morning. Anybody happy to be here this morning? Amen. It's Sunday morning. It's Sunday. Man, I love Sunday morning church, man. I love being in the house of God with my people and worshiping alongside you guys. And I know some of y'all, you know, I I listen to y'all sing and it's a little off tune, but it's all good because you're off tune for the Lord. (laughs) Amen. Do do you, do you. Amen. I want you to turn with me uh, to the book of 1 Samuel, if you have your Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 3. And um, I want your attention this morning. I, I want your attention every morning. But I want your attention today as well. Amen. Can you commit to the next few moments and just hear the word of God? It's 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 10. And uh, the very familiar passage of scripture that we all are for the ark of God. And suddenly the Lord called out Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls you again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went to bed and the Lord called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Heavenly Father, we go before you this morning, my God, humbled, my God, to receive this word, Lord. I pray, my God, that every distraction, Father God, every phone call, every text message would wait, Father God, every hunger, every rumbling stomach, my God. In Jesus' name, there's Frito pie after service, and we're gonna, we're gonna eat it all up, my God. But I pray right now in this moment that we would, we would be attentive to what it is that your spirit has for us, your people. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And you can be seated. Listen is the name of my sermon today. Listen. Tell the person next to you, you better listen. 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 The Jewish people, they have this, uh, they have this very common prayer that they repeat um, very, very often. And it's known as the Shema. Uh, they recite it regularly. The Shema is Hebrew, is the Hebrew word for hear or, or listen. Shema. And so uh, it, the Shema is actually found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, verse 4 opens up saying, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is the one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your might. And of course, there's a lot more to it. But that, that's the Shema. And it begin, it's the Shema because it begins with uh, the word hear, listen. And Moses spoke those words to Israel before they were going um, into the promised land. And it was meant to kind of summon the attention of the people of God because they, they needed to know what God was saying before they entered the promised land. The book of Deuteronomy, if you read it, it's, it's a very pastoral book um, because this is the final address of Moses before his death. He's been with his people for 40 years. He's getting old. He knows that he's not going to be able to enter the promised land, but the next generation is, and the next generation needs to hear the parting words of wisdom from this man of God, prophet Moses, because Moses knows that even in the promised land, it's not always going to be perfect. Uh Oh, it's not always going to be perfect in the place that God calls you to. 
And in the promised land, Moses knew that there was going to be enemies that wouldn't want to leave the land. And those enemies would fight back. Those, and, and then later on, they're going to have other enemies that rise against them. And they're going to try to bring their pagan idolatry into the nation of Israel. And it was going to corrupt the people of Israel. If we know anything about Israel's timeline, we know that time and time again, they rebelled against the Lord. Moses, as a man of God prophet, knows all of this. He knows what is coming for the future of Israel. And he needs his people to hear the word of the Lord. And so he literally opens up his sermon saying, listen, O Israel. Moses didn't write Deuteronomy as as a letter to the Israelites. He actually spoke the words to the people on behalf of God as a pastor would preach to his assembly. And if I heard God write this week as I was preparing the sermon, I believe that God wants to summon every person in the room this morning to attention because God wants us to listen to what he is saying. The passage opens up saying that in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. I can't help but wonder if it was actually rare because God wasn't speaking or if it was rare because people weren't listening. Because God may not always speak in the moment, but we must always be ready and attentive to listen to what the spirit of God is saying. And this week as I was you know, as I was preparing my sermon, I, I changed it a few times. Um, you know, I've said this before. There's times where God gives me exactly what I need to say. And, and I, I uh, organize my thoughts in like two hours and I'm done. And it's beautiful. It's great. I wish that was every week. And then there's other, other days where I kind of like have to work for it. And that was this week. I had to work for it a little bit. And so I remember I went to First Kings and I was like, ooh, that's a great passage. I'm going to preach on that. It was, it, it was going to be on Jezebel. Y'all almost got a Jezebel message. Man, and Lord needs y'all need to, uh, he knows y'all need to hear. I'm just kidding. Uh, and then I was like, all right, I went to James and I was like, oh man, this is a really good one. It's been on my heart. I was going to talk about the power of the tongue. And so I started writing that. And then I went to Mark and I was like, man, maybe, maybe I should, I, I should speak on this. And then finally, after three times, I, I closed my Bible and I said, you know what, God, you speak, you speak. And I realized something really in, uh, important in that moment. You know, this, this is the word of God. Amen. This is the word of God. And I can pull anything from the Bible and preach it to you. And it will be truth because the whole word of God is truth. If, if, if you were to give a preacher a topic or like if you were having a conference and you wanted them to speak on a particular theme, they're going to run with it and they're going to preach probably a, a really powerful message. But we have to understand something that is so vital, not just to preaching, but to our spiritual formation. And that's what God said is not always what God is saying. Oh, yeah. Dang it. Y'all didn't get it. Y'all didn't get it. What God said is not always the same as what he is saying in the moment. What he said in the past is not always the same as what he is saying in the present. Now, this doesn't make what he said in the past any less important by no means. But it does mean that we have to be listening for the word that he has for us today. If we profess a God who is alive and active, that means that we have a God who continues to speak. If we believe in the reality of the Holy Spirit, that means that we believe in the Spirit's activity in the church today. God is still speaking. Are we listening? Are we listening? There's two Greek words. Give me five minutes to to just teach real quick, and then we'll do the Pentecostal thing and scream and all that stuff. There's two Greek words for the word word. Don't let me lose you. 
The first one, I think everybody is pretty familiar with. It's the Greek word logos. Logos is the written word of God. This is the logos right here. It is a sacred text of Holy Scripture. It is a revelation of who God is, of what he has done, and what he will do in the future. Because the Bible doesn't just speak about the past. It also talks into the future. And the Gospel of John opens up saying, in the beginning was the word, the logos. And the word was with God and the word was God. And then verse 14 says, the word became flesh um, and it dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the son from the father. So John is saying that Jesus is the revelation of God's word in human form. That's what John is saying. That's the argument that he's making. See, um, he was trying to say that everything that Jesus said was from the very mouth of God. Because the Jews, they had all the reverence in the world for the Old Testament scriptures, but they rejected Jesus because they thought Jesus was a liar. And so John says, nope, actually, he's the very word of God that you claim to know and love. That's the logos. Jesus is the logos. The logos is how we get to know God. Jesus even said it himself. He said, if you know me, you know the Father as well. Because the logos testifies of who God is is it reveals his character it reveals his mission it reveals his plan of redemption for mankind right and it includes the gospels the good news of jesus the logos is the foundation for everything that we need to come into a relationship with jesus that's why it is so important church that you read this word and that you study this word and that you live by this word but there's also another word for the word word in the greek anybody know one Rema. Rema. And the way that I would define Rema is not as the spoken word of God, but rather the speaking word of God. This is what God is saying right now. Now, the Rema will always go through the Logos. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and, and, and forever. God will not contradict himself. He's not like man that he should lie. He's not one to change his plans and make mistakes. There's a lot of, there's been a lot of people in the past that go around claiming they have a rema word from God. But if it doesn't check out with the logos, it is not from God. The foundation that God set in the logos is the foundation that is being built upon for all eternity. So the Rema, which is the speaking word of God, will always, somebody say always, always, run in accordance with the logos, the spoken word of God. Lesson's over. But now we have to understand something. You're still listening, right? The Rema is not always studied. It's heard. You can't look up the Rema like you can a Bible verse. The Rema, you have to listen for it because the Rema happens in real time. The Rema might tell you, don't go on that date. He ain't good for you. She ain't good for you. The Rema might say, don't slide into those DMs. The Rema might say, pray for that person in the corner. The Rema might say, just hold on just a little bit longer. I know you're anxious, but I am doing something in the midst of your struggle. The, the Rema is what God is saying right now. Now, this doesn't mean that God won't call uh, your attention to what he has already spoken. I remember one time years ago, for the very first time in my life, I had the most random, unexpected, out of nowhere anxiety attack. I, had an anxiety, I don't know if anybody's ever had an anxiety attack, but it is the worst. And I, 
It came from nowhere. I, I, I've never been uh, anybody who, who dealt with like anxiety, but this particular night, I had this, this massive anxiety attack where I woke up sweating and, and I was hyperventilating. I couldn't breathe. I thought I was going to pass out and die. And I remember going to the living room and I, and I tried to calm myself and I said, God, I need you right now. And I heard the Rema word of God that called my attention to Philippians where he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, make your, uh, your request known to me. I called upon the name of God. And he responded, and I listened. That was the Rema word of God, calling my attention to the Logos. Now, maybe that night, you know, instead of calling out to God, I would have just opened up my, my Bible to a random uh, verse. You know, I don't know if you've ever do, done that. Lord, just speak to me, right? And you go like this, and, and you, okay, my enemies will retreat when I call you, right? That's true, but it wasn't what I needed in that moment. Preaching a message of salvation to a bunch of people that are already saved, it's true, but it's not what what you need to hear from God. See, a lot of times we treat the Bible as a manual for our lives. You probably heard that before. I'm sure you heard a preacher or two say it. I'm sure I've said it before. Now, the phrase means well, but if we take that too literally, we might think that the Bible is just about me. Like, it's, it's a... Like, this is a guide to Ryan, how to be a better Ryan. Nah, bro. The Bible, you know, the Bible really does have all the answers, but only to the right questions. The Bible doesn't concern itself with all the ways that it can fix what I want it to fix. It's not going to tell you how to raise your credit score. It's not going to tell you what to do to get that job. It's not going to give you a yes or a no on command. The Bible isn't a magic eight ball. The Bible is concerned with our souls. And so it introduces us to a God who created us and then saved us. This is a manual from my soul, from my faith walk. The logos won't tell you to turn right or to turn left, but the rema word might. But you're not going to hear the rema unless you're listening for it. You have to be in a position that says, Lord, speak. I'm listening. Speak. I am humbled before you speak. I don't know where to go. I know what your word says, but I, I, I don't know what to do in this moment. Speak. I am listening. The logos will lead your life into the everlasting and the rema will lead your days into victory. In Matthew four, Jesus was being tempted by the devil and, and he was in the wilderness after fasting for 40 days. The Bible says that he was hungry And verse 3 says, And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, rema, that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus is saying, When... When you are in a desert, when you are in the wilderness, when you're in a storm, trial, whatever you want to call it, if you're not actively listening for the Rema, if you have no relationship with the Father in heaven that you don't even know to call upon his name, you might lose more battles than you win. If you're not listening for the Holy Spirit's guidance and direction into your life, when he wants to pour in wisdom, when you need wisdom, when he wants to give you peace, when you're in a panic, I don't know if you're going to be able to make it. Many people know the scriptures, but they don't know the very voice of God. 
You know how to quote scripture, but you don't know how to listen to the voice of God when he tells you go or don't go. Or speak or don't speak. And God wants a people who know the sound of his voice. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. My sheep know my voice. They know the difference. They know how to discern. They know how to, how to filter out what sounds good and what sounds spiritual and what sounds holy from what is really from me. God is looking for a people who know his voice, but you cannot know his voice unless you know him. Mm, y'all quiet, y'all quiet. I, 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 want, I want to give you quick three points this morning. I'm, I'm going to lay it out practically. Three points from Samuel's encounter with God about receiving a rema word. I read my word because I believe that God has a word for everybody in the now. Number one, you got to be near God. You got to be near. The Bible says that Samuel had not yet known the Lord because the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Now, the Hebrew word for know is a lot more complicated than our, uh, our English word is. To know in the Hebrew is much more intimate. So uh, one commentator, he said it like this. Samuel did not. Yet know the Lord suggests that Samuel did not yet have the intimate knowledge of a personal relationship with the Lord, though he had been ministering to the Lord. The Bible says that he was ministering to the Lord. He was in the temple. Samuel probably knew who God was because he was living in the temple with the high priest. If you know anything about uh, Samuel's birth story, Hannah, his mother, had a hard time having, uh, having children And so she says a prayer one night, Lord, if you grant me this, I will dedicate my child back to you. And so God hears her prayer. Hannah has a child, Samuel, and she dedicates him back to the Lord. And she says, he's going to be in the service of uh, of the Lord. He's going to minister in your presence all the days of his life. And so Samuel, from, from, from boyhood, he's under Eli, who is the high priest. And Eli is probably teaching him what it is. That he does. He's probably teaching him Torah. Torah is the first five books of the Bible. That was the logos in, in those days. And so Samuel knew about God, but he hadn't yet experienced the actual call of God until now. You still following me? And verse three gives us a little bit of detail that I think we miss a lot of times. It says, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. He was near the ark of God. The ark represents what? The presence of God. It's important, church, just to be near the presence of God. I want you in the presence of God, but maybe you're new to church. Maybe you don't know how to do this yet. Maybe, maybe you haven't given your life to Jesus yet. Maybe you're coming and you're, maybe you're flirting with Jesus a little bit. No one can force you into the presence of God. But shoot, when I was a kid, I was definitely forced near the presence of God. You can force your kids near the presence of God. I came to church when I didn't want to come to church. I sat down here listening to the sermon when I didn't want to listen to the sermon. And maybe I wasn't in the presence of God, but I was near the presence of God. And because I was near the presence of God, I am now a living testimony of why it is so important to just bring your children to church. 
Because even if you or they don't understand what we're doing, if they don't understand fully what the doctrine of sin is about, the doctrine of grace, even if they don't understand why we lift up our hands and sing praises and do communion and water baptism, the closer you are to the presence of God, the more likely you are to hear him speak. When I was a kid, I would, I would sit down right there. Brother Marlon is right there. It was the third pew. We had pews back in the day. And I would listen to my grandfather speak. And he was long-winded. And, then, and I, I don't know if I ever got anything out of a message. I think I was a little too young. And then later on, my dad would preach. And, you know, it was teaching me all those years just to listen to the word of God. There, was, there were Sundays where I dozed off. There were Sundays where I was probably texting. There were, there were Sundays where maybe I even fell asleep. But it was, if it wasn't just for me being near the presence of God, church, today I might have been listening to the wrong people, the wrong advice, the wrong music, the wrong philosophies, and the wrong teachings. But because I grew up near the presence of God, I learned how to hear the word of God. I remember being 12 years old, standing right here at these altars. I was right, I'll tell you right exactly where it was. It was right here. I was at these altars. And the worship leader at the time, I was having a moment with God. The the worship leader at the time, he comes and he anoints my hands. And he says, the Lord is saying that these hands will be used for worship. And then some years later, I was up here and I was on the keyboard, prophecy fulfilled. And then I get another word from Brother Milton. Some of you know Brother Milton. He was a brother. And he said, he said, brother, I don't know you. But the Lord is telling me that you are going to write music. I started writing music. And then years later, I was, I was over here. It's like God took me from there to here to here. And I was right here. And there was a preacher. And she turned around and she told me. She asked me this question. She said, are you ready to pastor the flock? All of that happened because I was just near the presence of God. Listen, church. Coming to church won't make you a Christian. Listening to worship music won't make you a Christian. Being around godly people will not make you a godly person. But there is a high likelihood that you will see transformation because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Keep coming to church. Keep listening to that worship music that ministers to your spirit. Keep being near the presence of God, and then you will find yourself in the presence of God, and then you will find yourself hearing from the word of God, being near the presence of God. Number two, be ready to submit. Somebody say submit. Samuel positions himself to receive the revelation of God by saying, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. See, there's a time to speak, but there's also a time to shut up. (laughs) And look, listening in this case doesn't simply imply hearing. It implies submitting to what is being said. Anybody can hear the word, but submitting it is what really God wants. Now, submitting to the Rema is not as easy as it sounds because God doesn't speak through the prophets in the same way that he used to. Prophets are still being used, but they are not the only ones who uh, God used to speak to and through anymore. The veil has been torn. I have access to God himself. God can speak directly into my life. Hebrews one opens up saying long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by who? His son. 
this son. I'm going somewhere. But this is, a, this is a little bit of a deeper sermon, okay? Are you still with me? Okay. Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, if you read it, it's all about Jesus. All about Jesus. It's all about the supremacy of Jesus. That is the, that, that is the author's goal. To make Jesus... Um, his name above every other name. So he talks about Jesus being greater than the angels. Jesus is greater than Moses. Jesus is the highest priest. He's over everything. He is the king of kings. And so Jesus is over everything. And so if we are in a position of listening to the Rema word of God, that means that we have to be humbled before Jesus when we hear it. Because if Jesus, if, if Jesus is speaking into our lives, that means that we have to submit to his word. Maybe you're not receiving revelation because there are certain things that you have not yet put under the feet of Jesus. And so maybe God is speaking, but you're not receiving it because you haven't submitted it. Can I, can I be honest real quick? I probably shouldn't even say this. There's sometimes, every time I say I shouldn't say this and I end up saying it, I always regret it. But I'm going to say it anyways. Sometimes I preach a word that I know should be speaking to certain people. Not because I wrote the sermon for you, but because I know you. And I know that what God is saying should be hitting hard with you. Not, not at this church, it's the other church I pastor. <laughs> and, and so, like, I, I know that the word that God is speaking is for certain people and then those same people are like, preach, pastor, let them know. And I'm like, bro, this is, this is for you, brother. <laughs> but, you know, some people can't receive what is for them because they don't even realize they have a problem because they haven't submitted it. <laughs> you know, anytime we... We approach anything related to God, including his word. We need to do it with fear and trembling. Fear and humility. Lord, expose me. What, what is it inside me that I don't even see? Bring it out. The apostle Paul talks about the rejection of Jesus by, by the Israelites. They rejected Jesus. And so in Romans, it, it, it's so heartbreaking. He's grieving over his people. He says, man, how I wish I could be cut off myself from Christ for the sake of my brothers. And he asks this question. He says, does Israel reject Jesus because they have not heard? And then he answers his question. He says, no, they've heard. They heard it from the beginning. But they are not willing to submit to Jesus. See, if God knows that you are not willing to submit, he's just going to stop speaking at some point. Maybe that's why the, the voice of God was rare in the days of Eli, because Eli, Eli has some spiritual problems. Eli wasn't correcting the blasphemous son that he had, even though he knew he should. And so I believe that maybe at some point, Eli's heart was just hardened. And so God wasn't even speaking through the high priest anymore. And so God had to call Samuel, someone who was willing to submit. If you're not, if you come here Sunday after Sunday and you think that you're good, look, the Bible pierces. This, this is sharp. And so whenever it's spoken, it should pierce the depths of us. 
And if you think, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm good, it's not, it's not going to do the transformative work that it, it's supposed to do. So every time we come into the presence of God, we need to come in humbly with an open heart, not a closed heart, an open heart. God, look at what's in me and do what you got to do and call out what you need to call out in Jesus' name so that I can have my freedom and my deliverance and my spiritual sanctification. That is what the word of God is supposed to do. But when we close ourselves up, when we think that we're, we're too holy, we're too spiritual. What, what, first of all, what are you even doing at church if you're too holy? Right? I mean, what are you doing here? God will just stop speaking. Because he wants to expose everything that needs to be exposed. And can I tell you that the Rema word can also be scary? My, my last point, 1 Samuel 3.15 says, Samuel stayed in bed until morning. This is after God had spoken to him. And then he got up and he opened the doors of the tabernacle as usual, and he was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord had said to him. So my third point is to apply the word. Tell the person next to you, apply it. And apply it. Apply, like, apply like a sunscreen, right? Like every two hours, for me, it's like every 30 minutes. You got to apply it. You got to apply it. It's not just one and done. You got to apply it daily. It's, it's nothing just to hear the word. What does James say? He says, be doers of the word, not just hearers. Paul said, it's not just the hearers of the law who are justified, but the, but the doers. Jesus said, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Apply the word that has been given to you. In the case of Samuel, his, his doing involved telling. God was, God was calling out of Samuel a prophet. I don't know what God is calling out of you. I don't know what God is speaking into your life. I don't know. I, I have no idea. Maybe for some of you, I do know. But I don't know what God speaks to you intimately. I don't know what God has shown you in, in, in visions, in your dreams. I don't know what God has burdened your heart for. I have no idea. But I know that there's something. There's got to be something there. And so for Samuel, God was trying to raise a prophet from Samuel. Samuel was later going to have to deliver some very uncomfortable words to people, to kings, to nations. And so he's raising up this prophet here in this moment. Imagine being this young kid. Samuel's a young kid, and he probably looks up to Eli. Eli is his mentor. He's his father figure to Samuel. And then God tells Samuel to tell Eli this, verse 11. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel, and I'm going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. I have warned him that the judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. So I have vowed that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifice or offerings. Bro, this is the very first word that Samuel gets from God. If I were Samuel, I'd be like, can we, do, can we start with something lighter? <laughs> this is heavy. I like this guy. He lets me live here. He feeds me. He's teaching me. And you're, you're telling me to rebuke him. That's why I said the rema can be scary. 
It can be scary. And maybe that's why we don't always apply the word. Because the Holy Spirit will prompt you to wait when you're tired of waiting. You're tired of waiting. He's going to say wait. He's going to say go when you're not ready to go. He's going to say speak when you want to shut up. And he's going to tell you to shut up when you want to speak. He's going to tell you yes when you want to say no. And he's going to tell you no when you're hoping for a yes. This is why you have to be willing first to submit to the authority of Christ. Because whatever he says, whatever he speaks, you have to be willing to say, okay, God, your will be done. God isn't giving you a word today, church, just to make you feel good. Sometimes the word of God will make you feel good. It's going to uplift you. It's going to encourage you. It's going to give you the thing that you need. But it's, it's not just to tickle the emotions. That's not, that's not why we're here. He's not, he's not giving you a word just to inform you of the things that you should already know. God's giving you, some of you, a rema word because he expects action from you. It was to call something out of you. I don't know who I'm speaking to. But God has given some of you a word that for a long time you have not yet applied. You've been holding on to it, but you have not done anything with it. And I just want to caution you today, man, woman of God, to be careful not to wait too long because the blessing might pass you by. The opportunity might pass you by. The heart might get hard. And God is saying, apply the word that I've spoken into your life now. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Church, the logos, the logos, this is the logos. This is everything. This is everything. This is what we need to enter the kingdom of God. But it has to be applied and it has to be lived. And the Bible calls us into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Somebody say relationship. Not just religion, relationship. Both are important, but you can't have one without the other. And that relationship, church, I want you, if you haven't listened to me yet, you already, you already, got, you already missed the mark, but listen now. The relationship should transcend beyond the 66 books that are in here. We have so much reverence for the word of God because it is the word of God, but this is not all of God. This is what he chose to reveal to humanity about himself. It's beautiful, and this is how we come in to a relationship with Jesus. But knowing this is not the same as knowing him. You can know more scripture and know more theology and know the biblical languages of Hebrew and Greek and and it's going to give you some beautiful insight into the truth of the word of God and it'll blow your mind. And I encourage all of you to go deeper into the Bible but if it's not coupled with an actual relationship all you're doing is getting information. And God didn't speak this word just to give you information. He spoke this word to give you transformation. That's what he's trying to call out of you. He wants to transform you, not just an informed you. And so when you're going through the storm, I wouldn't even ask of a show of hands, but when you're going through the storm, when, when you need more faith, 
I feel like a broken record. I've been preaching this message, the same thing over and over all year. God was trying to do something with my faith this year. He was trying to increase it. He was trying to elevate it. And my God, he did. And I hope, I hope he's, he's stopping now. I hope he chills out a little bit because I don't know if I can be stretched more. But, but God, God had, had to place me into these moments where my faith would be stretched. And you know what? I could have opened up the Bible to 2 Corinthians 5, 7, where it says we walk by faith and not by sight. But it's the actual communing and trusting with Jesus that will increase the faith. That's why, man, powerful sermons can be preached from the pulpit and do nothing. Because the word of God is not just meant to be heard, it's meant to be submitted to, it's meant to be applied. It's in the walking with Jesus. It's it's being in his presence. It's the prayer and the praise and the worship and the fasting and the serving and the doing and the resting in the Lord. It's in the being with God that God begins to speak into your life. The name Ryan isn't in this Bible. John is. First name is John. But it's, it's still not talking about me. There's no Melissa in the Bible. No Stephanie in the Bible. And that's because the prophets didn't write about me. They didn't even write directly to me. The human authors who wrote, the, who, who penned the pages of the scripture, they, they didn't know anything about me. And that's because this isn't about me. This is about Jesus. You know what's filled in the pages of Scripture? Yahweh, Elohim, Yeshua, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. That's that's what this is about. This is about you and me being drawn vertically to the Father through the Son. This is supposed to introduce me to Jesus so that when this calls me to Him, listen, He begins to call me by name. Ryan isn't in the Bible, but Ryan is in the mind of God. Ryan is in the mouth of God. The Bible has never mentioned me by name, but it is filled with the name Jesus. And because I have called the name Jesus, the Father has called me by my name. And let me tell you something, church, that it is beautiful to know when God is saying, Ryan, I love you. Mark, I am for you. Larry, I am with you. Heather, I have not abandoned you. Miranda, I am mindful of you. Johnny, I have not forgotten about you. You are in the mind of the Father. Maybe you're not in here, but you're up there in the mind of my God. And he is mindful of you and he loves you and he wants a relationship with you. But it's got to go beyond the logos. And you got to be able to submit to the Rema word of God, whatever God is speaking into your life today. It might be lay it down. It might be sacrifice. It might be more. It might be give me your heart. But God is speaking a word. Submit to a church. The Lord wants to speak. Rema. May we be a church that listens. 
In just a second, I'm going I'm to invite you to the altars. And I want us just together to say that prayer. Lord, speak. Lord, speak. Your, your servant is listening. But I, I really want to emphasize this final, final point. That hearing from God, church, it, it truly takes submission and, and relationship. And I already said that, but I, I, want you, I want you to get it. Because a lot of times... A lot of times we believe that God is speaking through our emotional moments. And let me tell you that God will use emotion to draw us into him. He does it all the time. God gave us emotions to feel things. But here's the thing about emotion is it doesn't last. It doesn't last. I can't tell you how many times God called me to something and then the next day he didn't call me to it anymore. Because it, I was going through an emotional moment. The Bible says test every spirit test it test it test it with the logos if you think that god is speaking into your life but you're not sure i invite you pray fast about it wait for the confirmation because the rema word of god church it's not to be taken lightly it is so so powerful but it's also something that the enemy has liked to use against the church to throw them off to thwart God's plan because we can't hear the difference between what sounds holy and what actually is holy and that's why I have to go back to to that emphasizing of a true relationship with Jesus where you have that discernment to hear the very word of God speaking into your life the voice of God I want to just leave you with this The voice of God transcends, listen, personal ambition. I don't know if you know what that means yet, but maybe maybe you will at some point. It's not about God taking you places for your sake. It transcends personal ambition. The word of God does not contradict itself. The word of God does not tear down others, but builds them up. God told me to break up with you because you talked to me. That that might be from God, but you got to pray about it, okay? The Rema word is just like the Logos. It is meant meant to advance his purpose. His purpose. His purpose. His purpose. His purpose. He will use you for his purpose, but it's his purpose. It's his plan. It's his kingdom. It ain't your kingdom. It's his purpose. It's his purpose. I'm saying it over and over so that you get it. It's his purpose. It's his purpose. It's not your elevation. He may elevate you, but only to advance his purpose. And God, the beautiful thing about it is God will use people just like you and just like me. People who are not perfect. People who don't know it all. People who have a past people who fall short of the glory of God constantly but you know what the difference is people who will listen I want to invite you to stand this morning and come to these altars and listen to what the word of God is speaking into your life maybe some of you already know maybe this was just a confirmation of what God had already been speaking into your life and now you need to tell him God I am truly listening you have my heart you have my submission I lay it down at your feet Jesus all for your purpose all for your glory all for your kingdom my God speak holy
Holy Spirit, you are not silent. You are not dead. You are active. Let me hear you. Let me hear you. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.